Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Tom. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you, uh, opening up God's Word, the Bible, uh, this morning. As was mentioned earlier, um, we're in the middle of a three-week series, just a short one, um, looking at a couple of the pressing issues of our time. And Deborah kicked that off last week, uh, looking at the climate emergency, and that's a, a topic that's very much in the news at the moment, what with COP26 finishing up just on Friday. Now, if you missed that, I definitely recommend uh, catching up. You can go to highgrove.church forward slash talks, uh, or you can catch up on our YouTube channel. Um, now, this morning, we are switching topics, as we mentioned, uh, looking at an equally pressing issue. Um, now, to be honest, what I'm talking about isn't just a, a pressing issue of our time. Um, it's been a pressing issue for, for centuries, really. But recently, and, and very rightly, um, it's come to the front of people's minds because of the, uh, the murder of George Floyd. Yes, the issue we're tackling this morning is racial justice. Um, and by racial justice, what I'm taking it to mean is the fair treatment of people, no matter what their race is. It means rejecting racist attitudes, and it requires governments, systems, cultures, structures to change to allow and encourage equality. Now, it's a big topic, um, and before I continue, I just thought we could start with some time to reflect uh, on the state of our own hearts. Um, see, the word racism, or um, talking about racial justice, brings with it its own baggage for some, ideas, preconceptions, or pain for different people. And I want to make sure that we are, um, we're approaching the topic with open hearts, hearts that are open to the Holy Spirit's work. So make sure you're sitting comfortably. Um, you might even want to close your eyes and, and maybe start to slow your breathing down, taking deep breath in and a deep breath out. So racism, how does it make you feel when I say that word? What ideas does it bring into your mind? What thoughts go through your head? Just spend a, a moment thinking about that. Psalm 139 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So we open our hearts to be searched by you, God. Please help us to see the world through your eyes rather than through our human eyes. Please make us open to what your Holy Spirit wants to do in and through us. Please reveal if there is any offensive way in us. And would you help us to be mouthpieces for racial justice in the world? Amen. So let's get started. Um, and it's worth saying at this point that I'm in no way an expert on racial justice. Um, there are plenty more qualified people. And actually, we'll be taking an opportunity next week to hear from, uh, from some people, hear their wisdom, um, which is really exciting. But this week, I just want to lay the groundwork um, and answering the question, why does racial justice matter? Why does it matter if racism exists in the world or, or even within the church? Now, I'm going to make the assumption, I hope it's okay to do that, um, that we all agree that racism is wrong. I'm just, just putting it out there, I'm assuming that. Um, so what's the point in even doing a talk on it? 
Well, all of these pressing issues are really important. They're really in the focus of the world at the moment. But we don't just want to jump on the bandwagon of what the world is doing and, and just you know, go with their assumptions. The whole idea of this series is to say that this isn't necessarily just what the world cares about, but these are things that God cares about. And the church can and should be at the forefront of fighting these battles. So we need to understand why racism is wrong, not just from the world's perspective, but from God's perspective. Because then that means that we can fight those battles in God's power. We can fight them with God's vision. And that's so much more powerful. Now, if you're listening this morning and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, please don't switch off. Um, there's still um, plenty to listen to. And maybe have a listen for the reasons that I'm going to be giving of why racial justice is so important. And think what reasons that you would give. Maybe compare them after, um, after I've, I've talked. And, and think which set of reasons motivate you more. No matter what we believe, it's always important to, to consider why we believe certain things especially when they tackle such big issues as racial justice. So why does racial justice matter to God? I want to suggest three reasons. I'm sure there are plenty more that we can come up with, but these ones stood out to me. So firstly, racial justice matters to God because God is a God of justice. We see throughout the Bible as we read it that God's heart is for justice. He gives the Israelites the commandment so that they live in a fair society. He says, don't pervert justice. Don't show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. We see God's concern that foreigners, widows, and orphans aren't overlooked. Then we read in the Psalms again and again how God loves justice. We see in the prophets how God longs for his people to live justly rather than just taking advantage of each other. Take, for example, the well-known Micah 6, verse 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And it's not just in the Old Testament that we see God's heart for justice, but we see in the way that Jesus lived he didn't just do things the way that the, you know, the, the religiously correct way, uh, as the Pharisees did. But he really showed concern for children, for women, for marginalized people, for, for lepers and outcasts. He saw everyone as being made in the image of God, and he treated them in that way. So it's clear that in the Bible, God really cares about justice. And so that means that when people are treated unfairly because of the color of their skin, well, God hates that. It's not just individual racism, though, that that, that counts for, but it's systematic racism. You know, that, that racism about how institutions, organizations, cultures, governments, societies have just racial tendencies baked into them. I don't know over the last year and a bit whether you've been reading or listening to people's experiences, people of color's experiences of racism, but it's so obvious to see how unjust it is. I've been reading a book by Rennie Edo-Lodge uh, called Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race, and it's got a really chilling chapter in it about um, the, the history of the struggle that people of color have had here in the UK. You know, we often think, oh, that's in America, that that's an issue. But no, it's here in the UK as well. 
So God, who loves justice, hates it when societies are set up in a way that's unjust. So racial justice is part of seeing our society become fairer, um, not just as individuals, but as a whole. So, um, yeah, racial justice matters because God is a God of justice. And the second reason why it matters to God is because God is a God of unity. Now, first and foremost, we see that through the Trinity, you know, the idea of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God being three persons, but one, um, one unity, uh, one, one sort of person in unity. You know, without that unity, that just wouldn't be possible to have three in one. The whole idea would fall apart. And, and we see a glimpse of what that means when Jesus says that he only does what he sees the Father doing. But it's not just something that God wants for himself. No, in John 17, we read um, this, Jesus is praying for, for believers now, for us. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their, that's the disciples' message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. See, Jesus broke down all divisions when he died on the cross. We read in Ephesians, um, for he himself, that Jesus is our peace, who's made the two groups, so that was the Jews and the Gentiles, the the people who weren't Jews, uh, who's made the two groups one, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. And when we looked earlier this year in in the summer series, um, when we're talking about the big family of God, how we need to be fighting against division within the church. And racism is is literally that act of putting up a division because of the color of someone's skin. So it's, it's working against what Jesus gave his life to, to enable us to have, to break down those barriers. So standing for unity in the church means standing for racial justice in the church. I think it's so pertinent that we, we looked at the, we've just had that sort of slot looking at the, um, the persecuted church around the world, standing with our brothers and sisters from all different kinds of countries. Um, it's, it shows such unity in, in such a beautiful way, I think. So that's all well and good within the church. Unity, yes, um, in this big family of God. But does that mean that we should stop there? That we should just have a really uh, you know, racially just church? Absolutely not. When I read um, the, the prayer that Jesus taught us, when he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I, I really feel that that's something, you know, we shouldn't just be looking for the church to be representing the kingdom of God, but we should be striving to push that beyond just the church. Maybe you've heard the, the phrase, the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. And you know, the kingdom of God is this whole idea where God is in charge. Everything is right and just. Um, and yeah, that is to come. That will happen in the future. 
But there are elements of that which can break through even now. We see it when people are healed. We see it when people are set free. When people come to know Jesus, that is the kingdom breaking through. And I really believe that as we stand for racial justice, as we stand up against racism in our society, we can be part of that future kingdom of God breaking through in the here and now. I get so excited about that. (laughs) It's great. So racial justice matters. God is a God of justice. God is a God of unity. And then finally, God is a God of love. Jesus got asked loads of questions when he was here on earth. And one of those that actually Deborah touched on a bit last week is what does it mean to love someone, to love my neighbor? So Jesus tells this story. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. I'm sure many of us have heard it before. Uh, You know, this man is walking down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He gets attacked by robbers who, who beat him. They strip him. They steal everything from him. And they leave him on the road half dead. Now, this guy's religious leaders walk by. Do they help him? No, they cross over so they don't get dirtied by him. Who does help him? Well, it's, it's a Samaritan man. He goes out of his way. He pays out of his own pocket to help this guy who, in normal life, wouldn't have even wanted to associate with the Samaritan. And when I've heard that parable, it's often stressed that you know, the Samaritan is just the last person, maybe the enemy um, of, of the, the guy who is beaten. And that, that application is completely true. But when I was preparing for this talk, it just struck me again. The Samaritans were a different ethnic group than the Jews. So it's not just you know, this, this guy supports a different football team. This guy has different political attitude. No, this guy is a different race. Jesus is using this ethnic divide to highlight what it looks like to love your neighbor. And so because God is love, because he showed his love for us by sending Jesus to die for us, even when we didn't deserve it, we're called to love others. And last week, um, we're looking at in the context of, of the climate emergency and loving people in different countries in the world. It might mean loving people that we disagree with or even who we consider our enemies. But more than that, it means loving people who are of different races or ethnic backgrounds than we are. Maybe people whose language we don't even understand, people whose culture we don't understand. But that's what God has called us to do in loving our neighbors. And that's why racial justice really matters to God, because God is a God of love, and he wants us to love like he does. We're all created in God's image, and he loves us all. And so that should give us the capacity to help uh, love others as well. And that is why racial justice so matters to God. He really cares about it because he's a God of justice, and racial injustice is, is just that, unjust. God is a God of unity. He wants not just the church to be one, but he wants all people to be united. And God is a God of love, and he calls us to love others, whether they're near or far, black, white, whatever. And so that is why racial justice matters to God. And that gives us a fairly good basis that we're going to work on. Um, But I'm not actually going to give us any action points this week. There's no homework. There's no read this book or that book. That is coming next week. (laughs) Um, But what I'd like to finish with 
is some inspiration, something to take out into the week ahead so that actually when we come to those action points next week, when we hear, oh, this is what you could be doing, that is what you could be doing, that we've got a really firm basis on which um, to sort of, yeah, to, to base what we've been doing and to give us motivation in that. Now, the inspiration comes from this really beautiful passage in Revelation, and it was actually on the weekly email that Sam sent out earlier this week, um, but I want to read it to you uh, in just a second. Now, Revelation is this book right at the end of the Bible. It describes the end times, um, when judgment is executed, when all the wrong things are put right, and every tear is wiped away from the eyes of God's people. I'd highly recommend reading through it just to get the whole vision and, and the excitement that is to come. But here's just a snippet. And actually, we're, we're going to sort of help this lead into our time of worship. So maybe you'd like to stand with me and I'll invite Matt and the band up um, as we read this. So, after this, I, that's John, looked up. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. So John sees this multitude, more than anyone can count, worshipping God. People of every nation, tribe, people, and language, worshipping side by side. That's where we're heading. That's where we're going to. A time when we will worship God together with people from every nation, every shade of skin colour that there is, speaking in any and every language that there is, all raising this fragrant offering of praise and worship to the one true God, worshipping the Lamb who gave his life for our freedom. Let's just take a moment, and, and this is what I'd love us to do this week, is to, to mull on this, imagine it, let it get into our minds that this is where we're heading. And I long to see that, not just in the future, I long to see that breaking through in the here and now worshipping with people from every nation, every tribe, people, language. So Lord God, we see where we're heading and we pray, we pray would it come, would your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see that future reality now. We long for it and Lord, we pray that you would help us to be pushing for that, to be helping your kingdom to break through in the here and now. Lord, it's so important that we see racial justice done, that we stand up for justice, that we stand up for unity, and that we stand for love. Would you help us, Lord? In Jesus' name. Amen.